Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the Kamari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified Kamari consultants, Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi. And now, here's the show. Welcome to our very first Kamari Quick Tips episode. Every few weeks, we will dedicate an episode to presenting quick tips around a particular topic or area of interest as requested by our listeners. This week's quick tip episode is dedicated to tidying with kids. Conmaring with kids presents its own special opportunities and challenges, but it can be done and can even be fun. We will share some of our own experiences as Conmaring consultants working with kids and some tips that we hope you will find helpful. Let's jump right in. Tips for Conmaring with kids. When's the best time during your Kanmari tiding event to make decisions about your younger children's things? And how do you proceed with tidying up with your kids? This is a question that we get often. In fact, SparkJoy listener Heather writes, Hi there, I discovered your podcast and listened to the first five episodes. Thank you, Heather. My husband and I finished discarding and organizing the remaining clothes we have. Do we continue with kids' clothing next or move on to our books and do all kinds of things later, like kids' clothes, kids' books, kids' paper, etc.? I appreciate all the insight you've shared so far. Well, let me just take a crack at this first, just to answer Heather's question. I think that this so much depends on the age of the child and the child's interest in tidying. I think it's super tempting to want to do all the clothing in the house first, especially if your kids are really young, and especially if children's clothing has been a a real challenge and a difficult area for you, as it often is, because kids grow in and out of clothing so quickly. So I would say, just at the beginning, and as we'll discuss further, it really has so much to do with the child, his or herself. Yeah, and if you find yourself hesitating to move through the process, working through some tougher categories like books or paper, by shifting your attention to tidying your kids' things, be careful of that because that's what we call active procrastinating. So it may make more sense for you to continue to work on yourself, get really strong, and then see organically when your kids get interested in terms of moving forward with their own tidying. It's not about creating this bubble of perfection in your home when you have kids. It's all about figuring out when you can fit tidying in within the cracks of time of the day that makes sense. And maybe that means just tidying at the end of the day rather than to tidy behind your kids constantly because they're kids. So they're going to be taking things out, working on activities. You're going to be doing a lot of living within your home space within even the course of one day. So it's important to figure out where you can find a moment to reset for the next day and move on from there. I've worked with a lot of mothers of very young children, even with mothers who were nursing, like around the clock. And there's just no way they can block off three hours of time to dedicate just for tidying. So I think it's super critical, especially if you have really young children, that you be very patient with yourself and understand that, you know, you're really playing a lot of roles, you know, as a mother of, of young kids, especially if they're babies. So it's really about not focusing on how much you're getting done at once, but that you're just moving forward. 
The next thing we want to mention is that the Kanmai principle of gratitude for possessions, the ones that we keep and the ones that we pass on, is super great for kids. It's a really a natural fit. Kids love the idea of thanking things. If you look at children's stories and the media, all of the things that they watch and love on TV and at their movies, there are so many examples of inanimate objects actually coming to life. So they really do appreciate this idea that their things are, you know, maybe have their own little personality, at least to them. And so it's really a natural fit for them to actually be thinking in terms of appreciation toward their things. I also loved how visual the Kamari method is and how that is really intriguing to the kids that I have worked with. Uh, we start by, you know, tidying with the mother or father and naturally kids get interested in what mom's doing, how she's changing the way she's looking at her clothing, or I've seen kids even help with paper piles or uh, miscellaneous things as well when we are tidying up and practicing the Kanmari event. So it's important to tidy in front of your children where you can and show them that things are shifting in the household and maybe even have a discussion about their vision for their room. They're going to get interested. So it's important to really practice the idea of creating a vision of their ideal space. Maybe put it in the kid's language rather than saying ideal lifestyle or ideal living environment. Ask your kid to create a dream board or a vision statement of some kind. That's fun, right? You got to make this fun. So, you know, how would you like your room to look? What do you love doing? What do you love playing with in this room? Who are some of the friends you might invite into your space? Those are the kind of questions we can ask kids to understand what their goals are and what their current interests are, and then work towards mirroring that with things that are kept. I also love to help kids understand gratitude by having them create what I call a thank you box. And this box is basically a boundary for what's leaving the space. So kids start to practice saying thank you out loud to the toys that have, you know, either broken or toys that they're no longer interested in or clothing that needs to move along to a new life. So it's important to have that space so they can begin to practice the art of saying thank you and appreciating the life cycle of their things. And for sure, kids being so visual, as we're discussing, really benefit from looking at images of rooms that they might like to emulate. Obviously, as a parent, you want to be kind of selective about what you're showing them. You want to show them some things that are realistic. But a lot of times just looking at pictures of different Children's rooms or, you know, play areas can be really helpful as far as them being able to identify, you know, what they would like to have around them as well. And of course, age is a very important consideration. The age of the child really will be a very strong determinant as far as what they're able to accomplish as far as tidying, but also attention span. So sometimes kids, and it can vary from child to child and doesn't seem to have a lot to do with age, can have a really different perspective on how long they can actually answer questions like, does this spark joy? Sometimes kids are able to really surprise us with the amount of time that they're able to dedicate to this and stay focused. But parents also have to be mindful that if a child is really young, they may not just be that interested in what's going on. So really parents are the ones who are kind of monitoring that as you go but also being mindful that your child 
whenever possible, should have the final say when it comes to what they're going to let go of. One of the things that I notice a lot, especially when it comes to toys, is that if a child is very young and a parent suggests that maybe a toy that they haven't played with for a long time is not one of their favorites any longer, the child may automatically make it very clear to you that that is their favorite toy in the whole world. And I've watched that discussion unfold a lot with parents. So just be mindful that your children probably have a lot of really strong opinions about their toys that maybe you're not even aware of. So it's important to respect that as you go. And just like for adults, it's a way to learn more about your child through the vehicle of exploring these things with them. And you should definitely lead with compassion. And, you know, if a small child is saying all of their toys may be sentimental, that's okay. You know, they're going through different stages of their lives where their interests are going to change. I love how kids are pretty black and white when it comes to their decision making. They either want to keep something or they want to discard it. There's not a lot of baggage that they're bringing in in terms of their long history they have with these objects. So it's important to give them the space to make those really important decisions. They might surprise you. And I've also seen a lot of times where parents are a little dismayed at what their kids want to give up. I hear a lot of moms going, really? You really want to let go of that? So it's hard. And sometimes I think parents have to kind of step back and and think in terms of whether or not their own feelings and emotions about some of the, their child's things are getting in the way of, of the child's process. And when it comes to kids' artwork, this is another big area. And I think there's no parent who isn't thrilled when their children bring home things from school that they have created with their own two hands. And for parents, of course, all of those items fall into the sentimental category. And remember, that's what you tidy at the very end. And you take a look at all of those compiled items that your child has brought home and think in terms of, of those all as one big group. But in many cases, the child themselves may be really attached to particular things that they've created, and maybe they want to display them in some way. If that's the case, it's important to create that space in the home. So it's important to consider this as part of the adult's ideal living environment, a place to showcase and honor the kids' things. Not every single piece of paper that comes through the door, comes from school, is a highest level of importance. So it's important to create priority levels here. And a good way to do that without feeling like you're going to regret letting something go is to scan certain things that may just show the development of a particular skill, whether that be homework or report cards or artwork. And a great tool for that is Archive or similar apps that really focus on creating a timeline of effort rather than keeping every single piece of paper or every single scribbly line or a worksheet or workbook. It's really important to set a boundary as well in your home in terms of the number of sentimental things you keep that represent each of your children. Depending on what age or maturity, allow your kids to be involved with the decision making, review that artwork together, and showcase in a way where it's clear that the things will be easily revolved or cyclically swapped out. So this gives the art the honor that it deserves and makes it much easier to make sure that those pieces of work don't get stacked up over time becoming clutter. 
We both agree that creating spaces for children to explore with arts and crafts is super, super important, but drawers full of broken crayons and messy paints and all kinds of odds and ends isn't really inspiring. So we suggest that you work with your children to organize the things that they have and create some order so that they know what their creative options are, just like an adult would want to have a neat and tidy office desk, for example. Work with your kids to get rid of all of the old broken crayons and the miscellaneous scraps of paper and the tools and instruments and supplies that just aren't working for them anymore. Have them think in terms of what is really inspiring their creativity going forward. That wraps up our quick tips for tidying with kids. Thank you so much, Heather, for submitting your question. And thank you to the following listeners who have joined the Spark Joy Club at the Joy Sparker level. Thank you, Elizabeth Swim, Jonathan Perry, Janice Mellon, Melissa Woody, Robin Porter, Marty Reiser, Marla J. Williams, Rosanna Sotherby, and Chelsea Lewis. We are extremely excited that the Spark Joy Club has taken off in such a big way, and we are very much looking forward to growing the Spark Joy Club community where we will discuss how to live a life that sparks joy. So please join us. So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning tiding questions or share stories about how Kamari has impacted your life. Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe and review the show, which helps us to reach others along their tidying journeys. To extend your tidying experience, you can join the Spark Joy Club. Visit sparkjoypodcast.com and click join the club to become a member of the Spark Joy community or join us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for tuning in and we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for listening to Spark Joy with your host, Kristen Ivey of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. Spark Joy, the podcast, is not endorsed by or affiliated with Kamari Media, Inc. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co-hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of Kamari Media, Inc. or the Kamari Consultant Community.